they have no idea that you know what the reality of what's really been going on is. There's been a war going on since 2017, where I believe that Trump has been going in, and and I told you this, Russell, if you remember, in 2017, on when Resistance Radio was still Resistance Radio, and I came on the air and I told y'all that I felt like Trump had his goons blowing up tunnels that went to deep underground military bases or uh, bases no. uh, underground for the elite. And then I felt like a lot of these uh, explosions, these booms that people were reporting on YouTube, that there was no earthquake, but their house was shaking, that I felt like he was strategically going in and blowing these up. Well, after that, uh, after that, uh, what is that? Is that your dogs? Yeah. Somebody breaking in? Get a robber? Maybe. I hope not. <laughs> uh, but they're sounding yeah. pissed. I'm so I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but, yeah, but if they're working no, like uh, that, there might be somebody there. You better go check. Get your gun. <laughs> but anyways, um, what I was saying was, uh, I, I was saying that you remember that when I was telling you that that's what I thought was going on, you know. And uh, if you go to the uh, army websites and stuff, they were uh, having all these different videos about the army going in and training for you know underground tunnels and the different lightings they used and how they were training in that kind of terrain, and it kind of backed that theory up, you know. So the whole time he's been going in and wiping out these pedophiles and getting them to snitch out all this trafficking and stopping trafficking and shutting down businesses. And I think there's been a lot more arrests than people even realize, maybe because they're not big-name people, but they're probably big in the deep state, you know, And because uh, there's a bunch of people we don't even know about, right? And so I think that he's probably already arrested a bunch of those and maybe has them you know, on leg monitors or, or something's going on there too. So I think there's a lot more that's been going on than what we even see is in – it's one of the reasons why they're so hostile, you know. And so well, I guess I give him the hell out. Well, exactly. Uh, it, he's done exactly uh, what he said he was going to do. He's gone in and disrupted the Matrix. I know some people are sitting there going, ha-ha, Matrix or whatever. But if you seriously think about it, I mean, we are spoon-fed what they want us to know. The majority of the people have no idea what's going on, like you said earlier. Uh, I mean, uh, and children have been a big part of this for a long time, and a lot of it is in conjunction with Planned Parenthood. You know, these uh, fetuses are being sold by the body part uh, to these different countries and uh, for whatever reason stuff like that, and China's supposedly big on it. Uh, we know that the Bidens are absolutely <laughs> corrupted and owned by China, and, you know, people are saying, well, you know, da 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 China's going to attack. Why would China, and my thought on this right now, is why would China attack us? They own well, I explained why. Right I explained now. why in my video, Lonely China, the real Game of Thrones, is because they, they they have pretty much bought everything in America, and they want what is theirs. They were made promises by Obama. He pretty much sold out America to China, and then it's like the deals were nicked because Hillary lost. You know, so they want what they were promised and what they paid for. So yeah, I think they would be willing to go to war. They're so invested in everything here. But I tell you, I was kind of concerned about this because we had these uh, Chinese uh, staged up on the northern border. Plus, we had talked about the Vincent Strategy Group. 
an email that came out in 2016 about Hillary Clinton, some of the things that they had suggested to do to stop the election was they didn't use, but now four years later, it looked like they were using the same playbook, and one of them was bringing the troops down from Canada. Well, I started worrying about that. Then we started hearing rumors going around that their F-16 was shot down in in around Maine, that part of Maine, and that there was a bunker blown up that had 50,000 Chinese troops in it. Supposedly right. there was uh, an earthquake in uh, Maine. However, uh, Monkey said that he didn't see any kind of activity, any kind of military aircraft or anything going on that even looked remotely like something was going on there. So there's only uh, – I think it was Steve Quell and Hal Turner reported that. But no one else has reported. I haven't heard anything else, any buzz. So I just can't. That's why I didn't cover it on the show yet because I'm like, yeah, can't prove that, you know, not even remotely. Well, you know, uh, I'm just. This is, you know, America's it. Uh, and as far as much of our freedom as we've given up, it's still the freest place in the world as a country. All right. Uh, and if we allow these people to take this election fraudulently, and you know as well as I do that there'll never be anybody other than the radical uh, China-owned uh, puppet, they will continue, they will completely sell us, uh, sell us out. Uh, they will destroy the country in just a few years. Uh, and those Chinese troops on our border. When and I, I, I cannot see the American people not rising up over this at all. Uh, there's just too many people angry, and there's way too much chatter out there. You know that, that they're looking for somebody to step up, and whoever that person is that takes a point on this. Uh, and I keep hoping it's going to be our president, our general. Uh, General Flynn has already greenlighted this stuff out in the open uh, in statements uh, to the media and stuff like that. Uh, He's telling people, better be ready to stand up and fight because there is no place to run to. There's no place left free in the world if we fail uh, to do what we're supposed to do, uh, constitutionally speaking, as a matter of fact. And I just, uh, I, I think we've reached the point of no return, and I do think that when the American people rise up, the Democrats will cross in the U.N., and you will see those Chinese soldiers uh, come crashing across our borders uh, in the guise of the U.N. Uh, I don't think it will be an openly uh, war declared sort of thing, but there's a lot of strange things going on that uh, wouldn't make one think that there is a distinct possibility something like this could be happening. Uh, from what I understand, they pretty much evacuated the White House. Uh, 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 senior officials are being evacuated and stuff. So it appears we're getting on a war right, See, they reported that the White House was evacuated, right? But last night, right. it was two nights ago. But last night, there was a high-profile uh, Christmas party at the White House in which that governor from Georgia had the audacity to show up to at it, and he splashed in pictures all over Instagram and stuff with uh, uh, him at the White House last night showing that, you know, it's not – everybody's not 
obviously evacuated because here they are departing the White House. But the alliance is not going to telegraph their moves to the enemy. You know, I mean, they're not going to let you know what they're doing now. I, I am hearing these reports are confirmed that a lot of people have been evacuated out of uh, D.C. Though, so that is true. Uh, and I heard a bunch of staffers were holed up in Florida, so I don't know what's going on with that. But he is sending people out, and but yet he's still there, and they're having Christmas. So <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, right? right yeah, I'll tell you right. what. Uh, what's really been going on here lately is he goes in and he makes this uh, executive order. Oh, y'all have to bear with me. I notice that Gunny's coughing, and I keep having to mute. So if you hear the uh, radio show keep going, muted, unmuted, muted, unmuted. <laughs> it's because I keep coughing. I have, I really do have COVID. I wasn't joking about that. So it's been pretty horrible. But uh, yeah, so um, just ignore me if I keep having to mute and unmute. Okay, y'all. Or it takes us a second to pause because I have a uh, mute on so that uh, you know I won't be coughing when Russell's talking. But uh, I was uh, looking at that executive order that he made for the. Um, 24th of December, where he made that a federal holiday, and then we had all this chaos going on with Barr, and then Barr is sure to write a letter that, of course, we all got to see that stated, I will be leaving D.C. the evening of the 23rd, so you've got the 23rd, you've got the 24th, you've got Ratcliffe supposedly giving out this information on the 18th of DNI, which I think he did give to President Trump. It just hasn't been publicly made yet, but he has said publicly that there is that foreign interference in the election. So that was already said and reported by Catherine Heritage. So uh, we have been talking on this show about Executive Order 13848 and uh, how this is involving interference from from foreigners in our election and the use of you know treasonous people inside the United States, United States aiding them and using propaganda. And it's a whopper where he can just put the hammer down. So. We've got this coming out, so we know that he can in, in, uh, he can enable this uh, executive order, which puts the the hammer of God down on the deep state, and gives him wide range, major power. Then you got uh, while this is going on, you know we're waiting for Barr to do something, and the whole time, Gunny and I have been at odds because he's like, he don't like Barr, can't trust Barr, Barr's a swamp monster. I'm like, no, trust the plan, trust the plan. So. Q had uh, got us this, you know, trust Sessions, trust Barr. So whether Sessions and Barr were good or whether they weren't, they were where they were supposed to be at the moment. I do believe that. I also believe if Barr was a swamp monster, what would have been the worst thing that could have happened would have been all the Anon saying that he was a white hat, you know, and making the deep state not trust him because why do we love him so much? So it could have been just a psychological uh, war right there, you know. But one thing about it, I don't believe that. And I and I still I still think that borrows a white hat, even though it doesn't look like it. But disinformation, this is the art of war. And so I, I was listening to Monkey, and I, he was on the on air with uh, Scott McKay, and uh, I wanted to go ahead and play this little seven minute clip on McKay's take on Barr because this is how what I think is going on with Barr. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead All and right. play that real quick. So what do you think about this this Barr situation? You know, I tell you, I. Um... I, I kind of have a different opinion on Barr than most people, and, and, and quite honestly, it comes from, you know, where it comes from for me with all this stuff is this, is I don't look for the, I don't look for the obvious. 
I look for the inobvious because that's really where the battle is being fought. And when you look at, you know, when you look at what had gone on with, um, you know, with Barr in the last couple of years, and I covered this on the radio show Monday night, you know, when you're talking about Barr, okay, people, everybody says, okay, because he hasn't done this, this, and this, he's a bad guy. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about the bad guy here for a second, because it was the bad guy who did name Durham uh, 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 as a special counsel, independent prosecutor, special prosecutor, special counsel. So you say, why would he do that? I mean, when if they've done all this other stuff prior to, well, because if, let's just say, now again, nobody can convince me it's going to happen that, that, um, that Biden's going to be inaugurated. I think that's an absurd uh, proposition. But let's just say that if that actually happened, well, the reason you know, uh, you have an independent counsel that has now been named because a new president's not going to come in and get rid of the independent counsel who's inv- investigating the shenanigans that he's involved in or his players are. If it's if it's a DOJ U.S. attorney, guess what? When somebody comes in, they can fire all U.S. attorneys in the country. That's exactly what Clinton did. He came in and fired every U.S. attorney. This is his first decision: get rid of all U.S. attorneys, stack the uh, stack the uh, DOJ with my guys. So now when you have a special prosecutor, that ain't going to happen. That might have just been a fail-safe. Okay, so that's the movie made. Second thing, we've got Flynn who dropped the ch- – or I mean, we got Flynn here, and we had uh, we had um, Barr's DOJ did what? One of the most important moves for exposing the cabal to the world, and that's dropping the charges on Flynn. And what did that do? That exposed one um, you know, a district court judge, federal judge, who I thought actually – was a good guy for the last 20 years, and that's uh, Emma G. Sullivan. What did we find out there? We smoke out this guy, and um, and that only happened to show people again, you're not going to find justice in the justice system. It doesn't work that way. It's not the way it's been built. So so he did that. Now, what's the next thing that he did? He fired Berman, who's the Southern District New York U.S. Attorney. What happened when Berman was fired? Within a week, they go pick up Ghislaine Maxwell and Charger. They've known where she's been forever. So you can go through this whole thing with him. In fact, it's also Barr's DOJ that sued Alphabet Inc., which is uh, the parent company of Google. So if he's such a bad guy, why did he make these critical moves that were necessary for this entire operation to move forward? Now, I'm not saying I know. I'm just saying pose the question, okay? When you have 2,000 former DOJ prosecutors, who all sign on to a letter that are now calling for Barr's resignation, probably once he pardoned Flynn, or I mean dropped the charges on Flynn, you have to say to yourself, wow, he must be definitely an enemy of our enemy. So there again, uh, you gotta look, you gotta look, you gotta you gotta get under the hood and you gotta climb down in this engine to really see what's going on. It could be a number of things, because you can see how Trump has most effectively used uh, what you call temps. Uh, in these positions of power where they are acting, acting DOD. Look at Chris Myers. I think he's just a total stud at DOJ. He's acting uh, DOD, um, um, head of the DOD now, defense secretary, because when they're acting, they don't have to go through the Senate onslaught, the confirmations hearing, just get bogged down all this nonsense and take the narrative away from what's happening here. So Barr may have just stepped out of the way. And, you know, you uh, you have Rosen step up. And I learned about Rosen. Okay, maybe maybe Barr is not quite suited for what comes next because, you know, quite frankly, when you look at at, at who um, at who Rosen is, 
Rosen is 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 definitely a guy that. Well, I didn't know this for sure until um, until my uh, friend Ken reached out to me earlier today. I said, "Go bird dog this and get 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 under the hood from what I know." And he says, "Yeah." I said, "Hey," he says, "Rosen, who's new acting AG now that Barr's going to be out of there, he's already made it public that he's concerned with the foreign influence of the election, even more so." The uh, deputy AG is Richard Donahue. Now, this guy is a judge advocate general corps. You're talking U.S. Army, ex-military, magistrate, judge, prosecutor, defense counsel, contract litigator. This guy served in the 82nd Airborne. Who's now in a better position to carry the ball forward to start bringing some pain uh, through the DOJ? And if it's not through DOJ, then it's the Defense Department. Because I said from day, from, from day one, th- if people can understand that this is not – this is not a judicial operation to bring this power structure down. It's never coming down through the justice system. Otherwise, it would have been done. It's coming down because the only uh, institution that is not corrupt, or at least completely corrupt, there are some deep state generals in there. We know that Obama got rid of 275 of the top brass and stacked the ones in there who are willing to point their guns toward U.S. citizens. Um, but so uh, it's outside of those people who they've been clearing out, uh, this is this is a military takedown, not not a judicial one. So regardless of where Barr falls, good guy, bad guy, to me it continues to remain to, to be irrelevant because, again, military is the only way that yeah. we are going to gut this swamp from the ground up. It's never going to be gutted, and it doesn't have to be drained. It needs absolutely gutted because yeah. these people are infiltrated everywhere on every level, um, and that's why I talk about Nasara. I think yeah. you know, Sarah, good or, or r- r- real or not, I truly believe it is that that's the only way is yeah. to disband Washington power structure. Get out. Uh, you, you're not coming back. Get out of town. Go do whatever you're, you know, if you're not going to jail. And we're going to bring in real American constitutional patriots. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the long ball for me when it comes to bar. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, here, the other thing too is that, um, uh, you know, when you look at the new that that latest EO that uh, that POTUS just put out that has to do with the chain of command for the DoD, it kind of falls in line with what you're saying in terms of military is the only way. But it it also shows the range and depth within you know there's no fuzz if you look at, at if uh, the chain of command in terms of if there's a a some type of an emergency or if uh, Secretary of Defense is is killed or injured and out of you know can't. At, you know, act in that capacity. Um, it goes down through. There's probably 40 or 50 people that are named in terms of position. So, yeah, you talk about ironclad. There's no. I mean, you'd have to get them all on a bus in in order to to wipe out that list and put you know somebody outside of his. You know, I, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's uh it do, it falls in line with what you're saying in terms of you know, and also the latest about six days ago we saw how there was a huge. Um, you know, match like just a battle between uh, special forces and the uh, the CIA. How how special forces are now saying, you know, that new chain of command that just got stood up. Hey, we're we're no longer helping the CIA do their work. So, yeah, I think I think you're definitely onto something there, man. Without a That's doubt. That's exciting stuff. I mean, you, just what you mentioned there. I mean, the, the DOD has has told uh, you know the clowns in America we're no longer. You cut off before it was finished, but you said uh, we're no longer doing your wet works anymore, which is basically right. what the CIA was using them for, you know? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah that's, what CIA, that's what CIA has used. Uh, 
I'll special operator for pretty much. Uh, <clears throat> so that's no surprise there. And there has been rumblings of uh, that. Like as I said previously, the only way to do this is going to be through the military, by use of the military. And if they don't do that rather quickly, we the American people are going to have to do it. Right, and I think they may have already, like I said, I think they may have already been doing exercises or rest, as I said earlier. And not to mention, if you remember after the election, how all the military aircraft that was the traffic was insane, right, for a whole week. It was just crazy. Right. But uh, recently, the uh, Secretary of Defense, the Defense Secretary Christopher Miller, was caught on tape saying to Pence. We've just gone through some of the most complex military operation this country has ever conducted. Yeah. That's pretty intense. That's pretty intense when and, you just, and, just uh, not say that. And, yeah, and Miller is a good guy. Now, he also, if you remember what he did Thursday, uh, let me read it. It says, uh, Trump Defense Secretary Christopher Miller counsels meeting with Biden transition team in an unprecedented development. The Trump administration acting defense secretary Christopher Miller abruptly ordered a Pentagon-wide halt to cooperation with the transition team of President-elect Joe Biden on Thursday evening. Oh, got that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I've heard the same thing, uh, and uh, that was a day or so ago that that happened. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the military, well, as you said earlier, you know, with the exception of a few deep state generals that uh, Obama put there when he ran all the Oath Keepers out of there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> Folks, a little scratchy there this evening. I apologize for that. But, oh, we're uh, hearing upon yes. pandemic. They better be understanding. <laughs> we're sick. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, and it's going to take a military operation to do that. But to do this, uh, there's going to have to be a. Uh, I don't know. There's rumors going around, and I don't know whether to believe them or not. They say that this is going to take like 10 days. It's going to be a 10 days operation. They're going to have to shut everything down. Uh, a martial law kind of thing. I've heard that from two or three different individuals now. Uh, I haven't confirmed that uh, personally, but uh, I don't see why they would have to uh, use martial law. Though. I find that a little bit hard to swallow because they, they can have our guys go in and pull these people out anywhere. Well, our. Supreme Court justices are, are compromised. So everybody thinks that they're going to do the right thing by America. They may not. And Glenn Wood, who is a prestigious attorney and one of the most prestigious attorneys in the whole world, who has made his living on slander cases, he knows exactly what to say and what not to say. So if he comes out and says something, you better believe it's probably he can prove it, just like Sidney Powell. And he came out and just flat out said, Prem, uh John Roberts is Robert. corrupt. That he has been compromised, and that uh, that he needs to step down immediately. So, I mean, if it gets to the point where we 
can't trust our DOJ, who didn't do any uh, arrests like we wanted, that we know of. We've got the Supreme Court, who may be corrupt, and they, they've got a recording where he's saying – they are claiming there is an actual recording where he's saying, John Roberts, I will stop that motherfucker. He'll never get uh, you know, in office. I'm going to stop him. We're talking about President Trump. He's never getting reelected. And you know yeah. that's crazy. And then we've got reports coming from their aides about how they were screaming and hollering over the uh, Texas case, and he was saying that he would tell them how they were going to vote. Oh, so got to remember, John Roberts is a Bush crime family clan, globalist clan that was put in there. If you look how he voted since he's been chief justice. <laughs> He he sided against America more than he has for America. There ain't no two ways about that. And he is the chief justice. And uh, now I may be wrong. Correct me if I am. But I think just chief justice, he pretty much decides what comes before the court and what doesn't. Correct. And also, yeah, he's the he's the head honcho. So they've got the best one corrupt, which they're saying it. Probably China or the deep state uh, under Obama actually was spying on him with the same program they were spying under Trump, and they're probably blackmailing him. But I personally think he's a pedo. We've got some John Roberts. We're not, I don't know that it's him, but there's a John Roberts at Pedo Allen on Epstein's plot log. You know, could very well. I mean, yeah. that could be a common name. Uh, you know, I can't prove that's right. him, but it would not surprise me. And then we have uh, uh, people are saying, well, you know, the electors are in. It's a done deal. Biden's the president, and they're saying, no, it has to be done by January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. We're all hearing this, and then the inauguration is the, is it the 20th, or uh, right, January 20th for the inauguration? Right. I couldn't remember if it was the 14th or 20th, but um, inauguration. But, uh, but uh, they're saying on the 6th, and then Trump's telling everybody to come to D.C. and be wild, which I don't even know what that means. you know. <laughs> and so uh, we've got uh, we've got this going on, but uh, – I've learned a lot from making a lot of mistakes following QAnon that uh, we shouldn't predict dates, but Monkey Works made a really cool decode, uh, and I wanted y'all to listen to this because he's talking about January 13th, which is 113. You know I'm into numbers, 113, and if you remember the Q drop said that 113, which was 11-3, election day would – so if you have November 3rd, that's 113, but if you have January 13th, that's also 113, and that that's going to be the marker. And uh, I'm, I think we have a caller. I think it's my best, but it looks like a Austrian area code because she calls me all the time. But before I go over to her, I'm going to play this decode from Monkey on a date that he kind of suggested, and I thought it was really good. It's real short. Let me play this real quick. Hey, one of the things I did want to share was – there is a um, – this has been around, and I think this is about to be relevant, and this is why I want to bring it up, and, and I want to point out a couple things on it. And this is a, a previous uh, Q post, right? and it has to do with uh, POTUS being uh, well-insulated and protected on Air Force One and abroad, specific location classified, while these operations are conducted due to the nature of entrenchment. Um, and, and so if you notice, this talks really mainly about Washington, D.C., uh, but the very last – paragraph right here it says for god so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life that's john 316 okay um now the next piece is not john 316 that next piece right there 
it says, love is patient, love is kind. That is 1 Corinthians 13. And so this right here, this 41020 is Donald J. Trump. That's DJT. So 4 is D, 10 is J, 20 is T. And so when you look at love is patient, love is kind, at the end of this, uh, that is 1 Corinthians 13. And um, that's why I think this date that we're hearing right after the first of the year, the 113, I think is a date we need to all be watching. I think that is, that's when all this stuff's going to shake loose. And I think they told us through that, through that scripture right there, when I saw that, I was like, man, it makes no sense. Why do you just stick, you know, changing God's word, you know? Uh, you throw something at the back end of John 3.16, and, and you know, we've seen his, his uh, White House secretary, uh, press secretary, talk about, you know, my clock's set for 3.16. We've seen uh, other QCOMs that talk about uh, John 3.16 uh, being, you know, this is going to be biblical. And so I think that that, that whole term when we're talking about biblical is going to tie to this this uh to this date i think this is um and it, it also aligns with what we're hearing so um just i like it I, and ladies and gentlemen you just got yourself a monkey decode <laughs> that, that, and i'm that, not even i'm not even a code monkey so i just thought that was really fascinating with the play on the 113 which we already used the 113 as the marker and so that's a good possibility. Now, if he goes into uh, shit his fan then and he goes into martial law, someone said that he has like 100 days, which Juan O'Savin was also talking about 311 and 11-3 on his last video. And uh, so here we a second source saying the same date, and he was saying – he's being real cryptic, and he was like, let's just put it this way. If you're betting money, and this is Bev on hold, she'll be, she bets money, so she'll be listening on that one. But he says, if you bet money, bet – that all the deep state will be gone and locked up in Gitmo by April Fool's Day. So if he went in on the uh, uh, January 13th, he had 100 days. That's what February would be 30, March would be 60, April. So yeah, it was plenty of time, you know, to do the revote. But let me get over to the caller real quick. And Bev, is that you? Who's from Australia? Lou. Yes, they might. So I did you have I know your area code. Thank you, pardon. I know your area code. Ah, uh, do you? Yeah, well you call me every day just about, so yeah, it comes up six one when you call from Australia. Yeah, yeah. And we don't see that here. So what do y'all oh, think about that decode uh, from Monkey about that? Uh, I she dropped it cute the last bit. little bit of it. So what do you think, Russell? Well, uh, I I think if uh, I think if it is a uh, hard day or anything like that, I think it's going to be <clears throat> a bit of a problem because I. Got a real strange feeling. There's like will be uh, literally hundreds of thousands, if not a million people in D.C. on the sixth. Yeah, that's true. Had to give everybody yeah. time to get home, you know, before shit hits fan, right? And well, I don't you know. know. I just uh, kind of cool. Uh, there's a. Uh, they're trying. They're in the process of being worked out. 
bringing the Patriots moving northeast into D.C. Uh, to secure the city and make our voices known and force these people to step down uh, if they can't get it done. So if they're dragging their feet waiting for a week before the inauguration to do this or something like that, uh, they're going to be a little late coming into the ball game. I'm afraid. Now, Bev had a Bev had a real interesting uh, theory, too. She was talking to me a couple of days ago on the phone, and she was talking about this Christmas star, which I really didn't know a lot about it. But, Bev, can you tell us more about that? Because that was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, the, the Christmas star, which hasn't appeared for 800 years, um, yeah, got right. amalgamate with, with Pluto. Uh, is it Pluto? I'm not sure at the end of the planets, but it aligns, and that'll be tomorrow, the 21st. Oh, well, for you, another day. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah, right. to see if anything of value, you know, comes of that. But we're going back. Yeah. We're going back in. We're going back into lockdown over here. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Before we do, let's finish about this Christmas star. But I just googled it, and it says. We are closing in on the long-awaited night of December 21st when Jupiter and Saturn will engage in their great conjunction. We call it a great conjunction because to ancient sky watchers, these were the two slowest-moving planets in the sky. Jupiter takes 12 years to describe a full circle in the heavens, spending a year visit each zodiacal sign in the sky, while Saturn takes 29.5 years to make one full trip around the sun. Because of the rest rest I can't even read this because I need my glasses. <laughs> I lost my Bible was broke about eight years ago. Respective slow movement, a conjunction or to the ancients, a celestial summit meeting was rather unusual. So such get-togethers happen in most cases about every 20 years on average. And it says that uh, once they line up – let me skip a little bit. Usually when Jupiter and Saturn line up, they are separated by about one degree or twice the apparent diameter of the moon. But on January 21st, we will see – Jupiter and Saturn separated by just six arc minutes. That's equal to 0.1 degrees or about one-fifth of the apparent wide width of the moon. Contrary to what other websites suggest, this will probably not be close enough to make the planets appear to merge into a single bright star. It might. So uh, it also says that it's you know hundreds of years. Some people say 400. Some people say 800. It's the last time these planets were so close. So... Uh, I thought that was really interesting um, that, you know, this Christmas star, this Jesus star is showing up right here when all this stuff is happening. And if I was Trump, I would probably attack on that day because, uh, you know, you have more power, you would think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you think. I mean, I found that to be real interesting, too. And what were you saying there, Ann, that this only happens once every Four or five yeah, hundred well, years, something like that. Yeah, I didn't get to finish reading the article. Let me finish reading the, the last part because that's the good part. It says, somebody suggested this holiday season that the two planets might be a replica of the legendary star of Bethlehem. Actually, one of the more popular theories for the Christmas star was a series of conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn in 7 BC. For in that year, Jupiter and Saturn met not once but three times that year in May, September, and December. The first conjunction was May 29th, visible in the east before sunrise, presumably 
started the Magi on their way to Bethlehem from the far east. The middle conjunction, September 30th, may have strengthened the resolve in the purpose of the journey, while the third and final conjunction, December 5th, there's that D5 again, occurred just as they arrived in Judea to meet with King Herod, who sent them on to Bethlehem to go search diligently for the young child. But while the single conjunctions of Jupiter and Saturn occur once every 20 years, such triple conjunctions are far less frequent, occurring about once every 180 years on average. The last time was in 1981, but the next won't happen until 2,229. For the Magi, Jupiter pacing back and forth with Saturn in 7 BC would certainly look upon as something unique. But this year, Jupiter and Saturn will only have a single meeting low in the southwest sky after sunset on December 21st. Whether far from an astrological point of view that one single celestial summit meeting might have been significant enough sign in the sky for the Magi to begin their trip to Judea is unknown. But one thing is certain, if you consider a very close conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn as a Christmas star, check out our table again. You'll find our two planets will scratch even closer together on December 25th in the year 2874. So it's not like it's the triple one, you know? Which I would have thought would be the most powerful, and that's what I was thinking. But it's actually not the same one that was, you know, saw when Jesus was born. Uh, so I mean, it is, but it isn't. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens, though, won't it? Yeah, but I know that the deep state, and we can use their numbers against them. And to them, astrology is very important. Star lining up is very important, and you know it's also important for us too because we can use uh, their numbers against them and claim our own numbers. So, you know whether a lot of people don't believe that's true or whether they do, the deep state, the Satanists do believe it's true, and yeah. so they do pretty much everything on their numbers. But I, I'm kind of into numbers too, and I just thought that eleven three was really strange because I didn't really make the connection about the January thirteenth or the First Corinthians. Uh, Chapter thirteen, which was I thought was yeah. super cool. What was uh, I forgot? What was that? The uh, chapter thirteen. What part of it was that? The first part Isaiah. was John three sixteen, and then right. uh, after that, there was just a little bit of First Corinthians thirteen stuck in at the bottom of John three sixteen, which was kind of weird yeah. because it doesn't go in that verse, you know. No, it doesn't. So, so that just kind of stood out, and Monkey, like I said, had made that decode, and I thought that was, I kind of, you know, he is going to Bible college and to be a, he's taking theology right now, and he, he prays for discernment, so you never know, he may be onto something. So, Ben, yeah. hello, mate. Hey, mate, what's going on? So, y'all going back on lockdown in Australia? Yeah, uh, my sister can't. Go to Western Australia for Christmas because they've closed their borders down. Um, yeah, they're saying that New South Wales could be closed back down again. So I've got an excuse. I have I'll have to go to Leighton to see my family. So they can't. You know, I've got relatives there. Not stopping me. Yeah, no, it's bloody terrible. But just try to bring it in the the flu vax, uh, not the flu vax, the COVID vax, because 
you, you guys are getting it, so of course they want us to have it. And they initially said it, it would be March when our summer's over. But it's looking looking like they're going to try and bring it in quicker, I believe. Oh, I'm not taking yeah. it, so you can have mine. No, I don't want it. You can have mine, Russell. I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm taking yeah, it but... if... Uh... If the trumpet's going to have Melania take it, I'm ta- I can take it. I'm not worried about it I, because I'm going to. I don't, I'm not a big as much of an anti-vaxxer as um, a lot of my friends are. But here's the deal: everyone knows that I just spent a month in Australia with Beverly, and I'm going back in two years. So I've only got 24 months, which is not very long to plan for a trip to Australia. Okay, now Qantas is the airplane that goes, you know, without a stop, three flight there. And I need my flyer miles. I'm not trying to be shallow, but nothing. Hell or high water, the mark of the beast, whatever the fuck it, I mean, excuse me, whatever the hell it is, I am not going to miss my trip to Australia, okay? It's not going to happen. I'm, if I had to take the shot, I'll take it. I don't care. They win. Checkmate. I give up. I'm serious. Yeah. If President Trump will take this shot, I'll take it. But uh, I know that everybody's saying it changes your DNA and everything else. But, you know, what if they were planning all that? Uh, what if they were planning that? What if Trump came in there and switched up all the vaccines and put the therapeutic or the cure in it? You know, I mean, I trust him. I really trust him. And if he's letting Melania take it, and if he takes it, I don't know. I will. That's just how I feel about it. Well, I reckon Mike awesome. Pence got it yesterday. Yeah. And you can specifically see where they haven't even bothered taking off the the lid of the, the lid of well, the needle. I will tell you what. Anybody who wants to take it, y'all go right ahead. Feel free to. This is America. You feel good about it? You do. You go get that shot. Uh, <clears throat> me, I'm not going to. Uh, I don't believe in that. And if the <laughs> vaccine actually works, uh, my unvaccinated butt shouldn't be a threat to you. So uh, that's where I stand on Bill Gates. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't be so apt to say I would take the vaccine if I didn't literally have corona as we speak. But right now, as we speak, in this house, my daughter's already had it. My roommate found out yesterday he has it. My husband has it. I'm just now getting over it. And my stepdad just got out of the hospital with it. My mother just got taken off a ventilator today from corona. And my Uncle Joe got it a couple weeks ago and died. My brother, Kenny, has it. My nephew, Kevin, has it. And so our whole family, my sister has it. Our whole family is sick, okay? And I'm sitting here watching my mom on a freaking ventilator. Now, granted, I don't really think the corona did this to her because this was hospital era. My mom had corona, and she was doing just fine, and she fell, okay, which wasn't fine. But she fell, and she broke her leg. She went to the hospital, and they overdosed her. Now, they weren't even going to tell us this, but my sister went on my chart and saw the medicine they gave her, which is what you give heroin addicts when they overdose. So they gave her this shot to bring her back. Well, it caused her a bunch of problems, caused her to have a heart attack. They ended up having to put her on a ventilator, and then she got pneumonia. So uh, her problems were all from hospital error, and my (laughs) Uncle Joe did die with COVID, but he has been in and out of the hospital over the last two years with congestive heart failure and COPD. And then once he got the virus, it was just too much. Now, I feel like crap from this virus, okay? I'm so tired, y'all. I mean, the the vaccine can't be no damn worse. But right now, I should have the antibodies, all right? So I may not even have to have a vaccine. We're all – we all have the immunity stick in my house right now because we, we got it. But it's, it is horrible, but it's not as horrible as they said. But it's 
you feel sick, you know. So, I mean, I was sick, definitely. Last night I was really short of breath during the show. I had a real hard time. And tonight I feel like I might still have fever because I broke out in just a sweat earlier. So, I don't know. I've been trying not, trying not to cough, but it's miserable. Usually I would be like, I'm not going to get the vaccine, but right now I have some psychological issues and transference because of what we're going through, you know. So, I'm like, yeah, I'll take the damn vaccine, but plus I want to go to Australia. I mean, everybody's like, oh, you're weak, Hurricane. I'm not weak, but I love Bev. I love her. They can't keep me from her with this damn vaccine. No. No. We're having a New Year's Eve party, and it's going to be badass, and I can't wait. It's going to be 2023, bringing it in. Ooh. I might even All get right. on the kiss with Bev. What's that? Uh, I don't know if you can say it on this show because uh, it's so dirty, Beverly, but it's a – it's a let's something like a dirty C O C K It's a horrible it's a horrible name of this alcohol drink that uh I, we can't say it on the air. Beverly drinks in Australia and it's it's pretty strong. You know what I'm talking about, Beverly. Yeah, it's a uh Bailey's Bailey's um ice cream milk uh butterscotch snaps. Oh, forget what the other one is. It's a you-know-what cowboy. So we're going to go on break for just a minute. Uh, Bev, I hope that you can stay online, but I need to go put Ivanka Melania Trump out to use the restroom real quick. She's been such a good girl during the show. But um, can you stay on for uh, in, while we're on break? Yeah, Bev? no problem. I am going to play a really kick-ass song. And where is it at? I'm looking for Digital Warriors by J.T. Wild. Oh, wait. Before I um, play the J.T. Wild one, I've, I've been trying for about the last five shows to play this Art of War tape since that first show that we did, Russell. Uh, and uh, I want to play this little four-minute clip on the Art of War. And it kind of explains the Art of War because we're always talking about the Art of War on the show. But a lot of people don't even know what it is, but I think it really – Explains what's going on with this deep state and the plan, the plays that Trump's been making. You know, he's a genius. So I'm gonna play that while we're on break. Okay, here we go. All right. In the age of bloody civil war, 2,500 years ago, a Chinese military commander, strategist, and philosopher emerged. His name, Sun Tzu. After successfully defending the state of Wu against its neighbor Chu to the west, a book formerly known as Master Sun's Military Methods was born, which has later become known as The Art of War. The Art of War is the most influential treatise on war ever written, consisting of 13 chapters, each of which is devoted to one aspect of warfare. It has shaped the way in which conflicts have been fought for thousands of years, from the Japanese samurai to the Napoleonic War. Not only has the book influenced military commanders, and generals all over the world, it has had resounding effects on politics, sports, and business to this day. The art of war is of vital importance to the state. It's a matter of life and death, a road either to safety or to ruin. Hence, it's a subject of inquiry which can on no account be neglected. Sun Tzu has a holistic philosophy that if you follow correctly and study thoroughly, you will be victorious. Sun Tzu says, Avoid what is strong and strike at what is weak. Sun Tzu is a strong believer that winning the war with as little unnecessary combat as possible is the key to true victory. 
Supreme excellence consists in breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting, and the key to doing so is to know your enemy well. If your opponent is arrogant, pretend to be weak, so he will underestimate you. If he was relaxing, attack and give him no rest. If his forces are united, separate them. Sun Tzu is essentially saying that if you know your opponent's weaknesses and how to exploit them, you will never lose. So at dawn, the hopeless Athenians do the unthinkable. They attack. They attack the weary Persians as they disembark their ships on shaky legs after a month at sea. They attack before they can establish their war camp and supply their soldiers. Sun Tzu says, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. During the mid-1960s, a war took place between the North Vietnamese Communists and the United States of America. Instead of confronting the Americans head-on, the Viet Cong had a different idea in mind. They used unconventional guerrilla warfare mm -hmm. tactics, which included hit-and-run strategies. This proved very effective against the much larger military of the Americans. It's more important to outthink your enemy than to outfight him. The Viet Cong forces were inferior to the Americans in both man and firepower, so guerrilla warfare tactics allowed them to inflict significant damage while keeping their casualties to a minimum. They also had unparalleled knowledge of the terrain. This included a vast network of underground tunnels, allowing them to evade carpet bombing and escape the enemy. The terrain was also laced with various booby traps and landmines. Even though the Viet Cong and North Vietnamese were heavily outarmed by the American superpower, they were still able to defeat them as they truly understood Sun Tzu's philosophy. All warfare is based on deception. Hence, when we are able to attack, we must seem unable. When using our forces, we must appear inactive. When we are near, we must make the enemy believe we are far away. When far away, we must make him believe we are near. This philosophy can be seen in the World War II invasion of Normandy, known as D-Day. The British created several fictional units of troops stationed in Scotland who were ready to invade Europe through its northern regions, in particular Scandinavia. They then used several misinformation techniques to persuade Hitler that 350,000 of these troops were primed to attack. Radio chatter in Scotland lit up with talks of these troops preparing for an overseas assault, and many of these transmissions were made easily interceptable. Allied spies who had been able to infiltrate the Germans reported these developments as well, reinforcing their legitimacy. These spies also took photographs of planes and tanks posed for invasion, but these were actually blow-up models in most cases. All this caused dozens of German divisions to go up to bogus locations and wait for an imaginary army to show up, whilst important battles were fought elsewhere. This method of dividing enemy forces was also employed to a greater extent on D-Day itself. Soviet forces kept around a million of the German forces busy on the Eastern Front, whilst the Allied invasion occurred on the Western Front. This tactic of dividing the enemy is one of Sun Tzu's key philosophies and allowed the Allies to achieve victory and eventually win the war. They call us deplorable
And welcome back to the second part of Wolfpack Radio with myself, Hurricane Ant, Gunny, and Beverly from Australia. If you'd like to call in, we're taking calls tonight. The number is 845-241-9956. And the topic is, is martial law coming? Uh, welcome back, Gunny. Welcome back, Beverly. Do you also have y'all? Oh, yeah. yeah. Good night. <laughs> well, getting back to our topic, though, uh, I, I've said before, and I'm 100% in concurrence with, uh, the only way to thoroughly drain this swamp, and we've all, we all thought we knew what the swamp was and how big it was. And I think uh, some of us that have been around it for a long time were surprised to find out how deeply it really was. So the only way to do this is with our military. There can't be any of these lawyers and stuff like that. It'll have to be tribunals run by the military. Uh, our, I hate to say it, our law enforcement agencies, uh, our DOJ, our intelligence agencies, the FBI, are all just so thoroughly systemically corrupted that uh, they can't be trusted to do anything. Those people are going to have to be removed, too. And, we're going to have to start over, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a little bit of pain, ladies and gentlemen. It really is, uh, but just hang hang in there. Uh, be Americans. Be what we were made to be. Uh, we're tough, independent, resilient, uh, and self-reliant. We'll do what's necessary till we get this thing straightened out, but as General Flint said, and I am uh, I, that's one of the few men on this planet that I do admire. Uh, he spelled it out. This is the last bastion of freedom in the world. And as messed up as it is right now, it is still the freest country in the world. But that's going to change. Uh, there's no place to run to, ladies and gentlemen. There is no place to escape. All right? It's now. It's not fight them next time or anything like that. It has to be now because there will not be a next time. And I think that's what a lot of people aren't grasping about this because they've been so uh, uh, mentally sedated by uh, media and programming and TV and whatever else you want to throw into the next video game. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of like... Orwell pointed out, uh, I mean, we're here, we're, we've been living in a matrix. We are nothing more than worker drones collateral to the Chinese uh, government. So uh, it has to be done. I hope it can, and uh, I hope it happens quickly. And we'll see. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it is going to, uh, we're looking at, you know, well, let me sum it up. There's a uh, tweet. Let me read it from uh, Bards, uh, Bards of War, and uh, he was actually probably the biggest guest I was ever going to have on my show. And I had him scheduled. I had to cancel because my uncle died, and then I rescheduled him, and then I had to cancel again because my grandbaby got sick. And then he started getting to interview General Flynn, and everyone got too famous, so I never did ask him back. But I kind of missed that opportunity. <laughs> but uh, we'll get him yeah. back on. But he tweeted today, uh, nine hours ago, he said, speaking very candidly at real Donald Trump, 
You are standing on the precipice of history. The coming days will define you as the greatest president in our history or he who allowed the global medical police state to destroy America. Prayers up for you. May God's wisdom guide you. And that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Did, um, uh, solid copy on that. That's where we are. And I'm just, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think the American people are. I hope they are. I actually don't have much faith in the American people themselves right now. I've been uh, too sorely disappointed for too many years uh, in them. They're uh, uh, they have become <coughs> they have become so comfortable with tyranny over the last couple of decades that they don't even recognize it. Anymore. Or to me, that is the scariest part of all this, is uh, uh, these people do not see any tyranny. Well, the government's spying on us because, you know, it's for the good of all. No. No. It is not for the good of all. It is not for keeping you safe. The government cannot keep you safe. That is a lie within itself. Okay, so you've been trading your liberty and freedom for decades for the promise, the false promise of security. And it's like being a dog on a chain. They come out there and take one little link off at a time. One little link off at a time. You don't notice. You don't feel it until there's no slack left on the chain. And America... Uh, I think that's where we are. Now, don't body uh, lose your mind or anything like that. I'm not being dark here. I'm being honest. And I truly believe with all my heart that what needs to happen is going to happen. It may be a little rough ride for a little bit, but we're going to get through it. Just uh, you prayer warriors, keep praying. Uh, and you reverend son of a bitch, you don't know what to do. All right? And that's where we are. So, uh, no need to panic, not trying to spread any doom and gloom, but it's something that has to be done, and just set your hearts and minds to it. It's going to be yeah. all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we may be okay. It depends on if we we may be under – while we're looking at this election, you know, it may end up being a full war with China, and that that's a, par- a possibility. Oh, well, yeah, that's a very big possibility. Uh you know, as we said, and we talked a couple different times on the show and stuff like that. China, y'all would be shocked if you knew how much of this country that China owns. They own the politicians. Be. They own 27. They own 27 governments. <laughs> One of them, ours right here in Texas. All right? They have absolutely infiltrated our government top to bottom. They now own uh, uh, Joe Biden, they own Kamala Harris, uh, and they will be given the United States over the next four years if we don't stand up. And this is going to happen so quickly, America. You're not even going to—it's not going to sink in before they hit you with the next one. And number one priority for them to do what they need to do, and they're already talking about it. Is disarmless because without the Second Amendment, none of the other ones matter because you can't protect them. Yeah. Be just like Australia, so, right, Bev? 
Yeah, in now New Zealand after Christchurch. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, we're sitting it's up crazy. It's so weird, Russell. When I was there and I went to a gun store, and all there were were single shot shotguns. There was no mags, no semi-automatics, no pistols. I mean, it was crazy. You know, I mean, I, it was just like it was so depressing. I mean, like for a redneck, that was like one of the most depressing moments of my life. <laughs> you know, being in a country that was well, the only options. You know, crazy. Well, you know, it, yeah. it, that's what they like to see happen here. You like to say, uh, like I said earlier, and I really want y'all to take what I'm saying to heart here. This is not a dumb part of American history right now. Everyone should be fired up. Uh, you should be ready. You should be excited. You should be excited because we're 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 taking our country back. We're taking our freedom back. Uh, the amount of freedom it's going. Well, I'm old enough to remember what freedom was like, but some of you thirty year olds don't have a clue because y'all never lived under freedom, especially anyone born after nine eleven. But uh, anyway, that's a that's a story for another day. But this isn't doom and gloom. You should be excited and uh, you should be ready to go because this is a great point in American history. We're not going to let our forefathers down. We're not going to let this country fall. And uh, 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 and we already know we're victorious. Uh, we're there, people. So no doom and gloom. And, you no know, and then we have this no uh, solar wind. You know, we've got the solar wind hack, too, you know, which uh, was a, was really a big deal. I mean, we've been basically, you know, that affected our Pentagon and our nuclear weapons. Did you hear about that, Bev? What's that, Martin? This uh, solar wind hack that we 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 got attacked, that America did. Yeah. Oh, did it? Didn't hear about that one, mate. Sorry. Yes, they they hacked into our nuclear weapon systems and stuff like that. Uh, at this time, they still don't know what they were able to get and not get, but. Uh, they uh, they successfully hacked into our uh, atomic weapon system. They did. It was the Chinese. Well, but you know they're trying to blame. Of course, they're blaming Russia for it. But um, you know, if you remember my video about China, I talked about how they had uh, had these chips, these spy chips that they had infiltrated in like ninety nine percent of the keyboards in the world, and that these chips were not a were they were not just regular spy chips. They were actually able to go in and take control. Of like our warships, and so right this, so that could have been what happened with this solar wind. And if it did, they were manipulating with our nuclear stuff. You know, they could have actually made the nuclear uh, stuff go off because that's what they did with our warships. They crashed. They were making our warships crash into each other. They the Chinese were going in with this chip and taking over control of the warships and crashing them into right. each other. You know, right. and they were right. crashing our airplanes and. Trump came in and yeah. did the ominous bill, and the first thing he did was rebuild the military, but a lot of people don't realize he had to because all of the chips that were in all of our stuff, they could control anything that we had. So I'm just wondering if this solar hack, 
if somehow they didn't uh, still have a chip there that was missed or put back in or, you know. It's just too weird that I just talked about that in my video and then here it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they were you know, they were successful at it, you know, and uh, I believe that uh, everybody's worried about uh, EMP and da 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 and all that kind of stuff. I think though, before they do that, they'll just hack into our grids and shut them down. I am worried about that, and uh, just a matter of fact, today or yesterday in the mail, I got twelve bottles of butane, and uh, today, even though I'm sick. I went outside for about four hours, and I'm so tired right now, and started working on my pantry. I bought a whole bunch of groceries instead of buying Christmas presents and was restocking up on the pantry. And I went out there today and completely redid all my medical uh, stuff for, I guess, when the world ends. And I uh, did inventory on what all medicines I have, and I have a pretty good little stockpile. And I have enough gauze by getting militia man jealous, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I have quite a bit. So it, it was looking pretty good. And I, I, I organized that tonight, and then I've got the blankets washing right now. I'm trying to get all the blankets washed and put up in case we don't have electricity. We got, um, I think tomorrow, Keith's going to look for kerosene and wicks to redo our uh, kerosene lamps. Alan, my roommate, went and picked up more bottles of propane. We went and got – and, Russell, I can thank you for this because you're the one that hooked me up to the camp stove at Militia. And before that, I always did primitive fires, and I used my little backpack grill. But then you hooked me up with the uh, to use the back the little backpack stove, you know, and so uh, mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. And so I've got uh, one of those, and I got like six, just got like six more bottles of propane for that, which does last a really long time, you know. And so the day before right. that, Alan and I went out to the um, to my woman cave and got all my bad my flashlights out, which is a lot, and I checked all the batteries, charged them, got them running. Took all my rechargeable batteries, got them all on the right size charger, charging those up, and then tomorrow I'm going to go out there and finish up the few that are taken apart, and you know I need to put more batteries in. So that'll that's a lot. So then I got our little candles together. I got my stockpile of matches and lighters out with our candles and the little tea candles. So we're pretty much you know kind of worrying. We're uh, tomorrow I'm supposed to order more dog food, and we're going to stock up more on the dog food. And I was trying to inventory out the food today. I was just telling the guys, y'all need to pick up more water. And he's like, well, we have the whole swimming pool. And I was like, yeah, well, I really don't want to drink it. <laughs> I want some more water. <laughs> but uh, I do have my militia filter. You can't filter, but the, it broke. And so uh, we're kind of screwed right now on our filter. But I bought one of those pitchers, water filters, water pitchers that you buy. They have the little filters in them. And I said, well, we'll just hit it on a bowl for, for five minutes and then uh, – Throw it through the filter when it cools, it'll be fine. But we also uh, also got like about four of those 40 or 50 gallon barrels for drinking water, and got those filled up with some uh, bleach in that. So, uh, so we've been kind of yeah, we've been prepping here for EMP. Or I got all my solar chargers uh, charged right now, so that I have extra solar chargers. I'm trying to get all my e-cigarettes in the whole house charged, so I have backups. Those are some of the things that we've been doing. And uh, yeah, I guess I guess we think it's going to happen. You know, tomorrow we're probably going to clean guns and, and restage them out. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm completely redoing my garage. Uh, I just had them bring me two cores of firewood. So, uh, I got me boomerang for the fireplace, and uh, I got about ten bottles of propane, uh, like. 
barbecue pit is gas, plus it's got two gas burners, so uh, on that if necessary. Uh, I'm good on batteries and everything. Food stockpiles look good. Uh, I've been buying some more ammo when I can find it here and there. It's been kind of scarce or pricey, but uh, you know, it's uh, you never have enough beans or ammunition. Uh, and so I'm looking pretty good all the way around. Medical supplies are in good shape, so uh, I can hunker down for a while if I need to, or I can load up. Uh, I got my bug out stuff uh, in a different area, packing full of different stuff, but I can throw out. I can throw that in the back of the jeep and uh, burn the rest of it down and get to uh, wherever it is I'm going. Yeah, we got to do our bug out bags tomorrow because our bug out bags are completely empty. But I was telling uh, Alan Keith that we need to go ahead and redo the bug out bags because they're depleted and fill up the water. Uh, ones on that, get our papers together. So we're working towards getting that done. But now you should see Bev's bug out stuff. Russell, she makes you look like a minnow, okay? Bev has uh-huh. the shit, all right? It is the shit, all right? Like, I have seen so many militia people, and Bev kicked all their butts, even the rich Austin people, uh, militia, you know? And even Houston, uh-huh. even Houston, when it's snobby Houston. But uh, but yeah, she has a uh, oh my god, it's so awesome! Like the one I was in, it's like a little trailer, and so you're just pulling it along with your your vehicle, which they kind of like have like FJs kind of out there, you know. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, you you open up the top of it. Anyways, it pops open, and my it was like uh, one and a half stories. So uh, the bed, you had to climb up a ladder for the bed, and then you had the bed that was kind of tall area, and then you had like a little living room area at the bottom, at the bottom of the ladder. And then all the sides opened down to uh, uh, where it was just screens, you know, so you could see. Well, it's really – we were out in the bush, and I mean it's like – I thought I could handle I almost had a nervous breakdown without internet, to be honest with you. But uh, I thought I could handle it, but it was rough. And even though Bev had everything, but except bacon, because their bacon is really not bacon that's alive. They they think that ham is bacon. I try to tell her that's not bacon, that's ham, you know. This is not bacon. Well, anyways, it's really weird because it's like like the weirdest thing, the minute – that the sun goes down, Russell, the minute that the sun goes down, the wind starts blowing so crazy. There's so like, we're out there talking. It's almost dark. Right before dark, everybody goes in their tents, zips it all up real tight. The sun goes down, and bam, there's like crazy, like apocalyptic winds start blowing. Then one night, I heard all this racket, and I opened my little thing up, and I was looking in this some creature come crawling down the tree right there. I like died. You know, we don't have a gun there, but like Bev said, she has a boomerang. <laughs> she has a boomerang. <laughs> there, so. that was I really wasn't a scared guy. without a weapon. Yeah. I got used to not having a weapon real quick, surprisingly. I was actually, I thought I'd have a nervous breakdown without not being able to have a gun, but I was really comfortable. And the weird thing is, is when I came back from Australia, I just recently started carrying again. I went over a year without even hardly carrying my I don't know. I guess you could take uh, the girl out of Australia, but you can't take Australia out of the girl. So it did kind of change me a little bit of some of my habits. Like I still drink milk in my coffee instead of creamer now. It's an Australia thing. i got to go back. Even if I take the damn vaccine, I'm going back. But if we fight with a war with China, that's going to mess up my trip to Australia. So here's the deal. Okay, let's get back. People don't want to – they don't care about that. On the, I gotta, We need to do the topic. Sorry, y'all. I have ADD. Uh, I've never been diagnosed with it, but y'all know I got it, right? <laughs> so, so you got this whole China and the war and everything that's going down. 
I was thinking that if I was Trump, I would go on. Last night I was reading The Art of War to try to figure out what Trump's doing, right? So every time I try to figure out what Trump's doing, I go back and read that book, The Art of War. And it always brings things to my attention. And when I was reading it, all of a sudden it just dawned on me like this. You know, he's got this snake, you know, the three-headed snake, and, you know, it goes and tells you if you hit the head what happens and, if you, you know, that part wrestle in it. But I was thinking about right. the three-pronged snake, and for some reason the snake sort of reminded me of the dragon, reminded me of China. And I was like, you know what he needs to do? He needs to attack China. He needs to come in and he needs to blow up that dam. He needs to blow up their dam. He needs to take out their satellites. He needs to cut any kind of optic cables that are going there, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he needs to put them on the total offense immediately. He needs to weaken them. He needs to set right. off something that will cause earthquakes or volcanoes, you know, biblical. He needs to get China where they can't focus on anything, right? Well, as a matter of fact, he's been doing that, but he's been doing it financially. <clears throat> and I think he's done a great job at that and, uh, I don't know. I, I I trust our president. Uh, I trust he'll do the right thing. Uh, I am 100% sure it's going to involve the military. I'm not a 100% sure if there's going to be any martial law, as to speak what martial law actually is. Uh, I don't know if we'll see any of that, but I do think we'll see our troops go in, arrest these treasonous people, and uh, they will go before tribunals and get what's coming to them. Uh, and I do think there's every president that has the balls to do that to actually clean up the government. It's this one. Uh, and I tell any of y'all listening, and y'all heard it on the show before, it's that I was not a huge Trump fan. I was not a Trump supporter. When he ran for office, I was not uh, on the Trump train in any way, shape, or form. <coughs> on election day, I did vote for Donald J. Trump, but I voted for him because I would have voted for uh, Adolf Hitler to keep Clinton out of the White House, okay? Uh I was no longer behind it. I hadn't put the vote for the lesser two evils. Well, you say a lot of things about me, but one thing you have to say is I'm fair. And I started watching the man and what he was doing and how he was going about it. And uh, I completely got flipped. Uh, I'm a staunch uh, Trump supporter now. And if he does with the military what's necessary, he will go down in history as the greatest American president ever. And I do believe that with uh, everything I've got. I, I feel the same way. Love him. Love him. Bev loves him. She made a great big bet on uh, Trumpy, and she hadn't been able to get her money, but she was the smart one to not bet against Trumpy. You should never bet against Trumpy. And she keeps – every time I talk to her, I don't want my money. <clears throat> I can't stop talking. I put a thousand on him. That's a lot of money. So I should get it back two and a half. There you go. Won't be no Biden. Won't be no Biden. No. So if he he does, uh, I was reading this one article. Let me see if I can find where I was at. It says, uh, 
State governors have gone rogue. Court judges have gone rogue. State election officials have willfully engaged in coordinated treasonous election rigging in order to achieve the overthrow of the executive leader, President Donald J. Trump. When government officials go rogue and courts cannot be trusted, military authority can be invoked by the president, complete with mass arrest of treasonous actors, military tribunals that bypass the civilian court system, and the military seizure of all corporations that are actively working to undermine the United States of America. This would obviously include big tech and most of the left-wing media that has been complicit in election rigging and acts of terrorism designed to plunge this nation into despair. And, you know, then it goes, the story goes on to say, um, had some quotes, and one of them was, uh, what took place in America was not merely vote fraud, but rather cyber warfare. These were acts of war against America using cyber warfare weapons and techniques to overthrow the government via a rigged election process. So it says uh, McCurney calls for President Trump to invoke the Insurrection Act, suspend habeas corpus, declare martial law, deploy the military to seize and secure the voting machines. And uh, I agree, definitely. Now, he went on to go say that six to ten states were coordinated via cyber warfare to change the outcome of the election. These are treasonous acts. Russia, China, and Iran were also involved, adding to the treason. The FBI and DOJ are completely AWOL on all of this, not lifting a finger. Chris Krebs from the CISA was lying when he claimed the election was perfect, complicity to treason. And Krebs is part of the deep state. And President Trump must declare a national emergency based on the executive order from September 12, 2018, which is 13848, which names foreign interference in U.S. election. Trump should also invoke the Insurrection Act. He must suspend habeas corpus, as Lincoln and FDR have both done in times of war. The Democrats, Russian, Chinese, and Iran have committed blatant cyber warfare against America. The president must start arresting these people right away. Under this national emergency, I would declare martial law. And officials from five swing states were engaged in pre-planning of treasonous acts, not just fraudulent voting, but treason. They have tried to overturn this government. Chris Miller is in place of the DOD because the military active duty is going to have to suppress Antifa and BLM. The president should suspend the December 14th Electoral College meeting, which I guess he didn't, and the inauguration of the new Congress on January 6th. Estimates that 85 million people voted for Trump. Military tribunals are necessary because the regular courts are not capable of sorting this out. The treasonous actors should be arrested and charged, subject to military tribunals. This is the only system of justice that is capable of functioning without the current with without the current level of corruption. Suspend the inauguration until the election is fully investigated. So that's what I was saying. If he did it, you know, right before the inauguration, it obviously would be suspended while they did a revote under martial law. And the article would say, "We the people demand this action from the president." This is the last free election we will ever have if we don't expose this election fraud. And Georgia's runoff election will be stolen using a hammer, scorecard, and Dominion voting machines. The Georgia runoff election needs to be suspended until the election fraud is fully investigated. This corruption cannot be accepted. It is treasonous, and we must have an investigate, uh, investigation of it. The president must support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. These are domestic enemies. Like Stalin says, it does not matter who votes. It matters who counts who votes. America's judicial system, people don't understand how cyber warfare works. They are missing a real gas 
grasp of the crimes and acts of war being committed against the United States. The ownership and leadership of Fox News is complicit in this treasonous act as well. And it says the United States Marshals should have seized all Dominion servers the day after election and secured them as forensic evidence. People who have changed votes in the voting and the machines should know that they will be prosecuted for treason and may face the death sentence. The government is tracking the conversions of ballots to votes. This that's where the manipulation is coming in. We're tracking that. We have that information. So that's very interesting. This is from General McCurney. So you know, <laughs> it's not just from anybody. You know, these are direct. Those were direct quotes from McCurney. Right, right. And uh, I mean, in, uh, as I said earlier, you cannot. And I'm sorry, I'm not being judgmental, but if you can sit there and look at everything that's going on and tell me. That oh, uh, there's nothing to see here. Move along, guys. They're like that. Uh, you've got some serious problems, and it shouldn't matter whether you're a Democrat or a Libertarian, Republican, or whatever. This is our fight because whoever happens to be in power is who's going to win the election. So uh, it's no win. They're already calling for doing away with the uh, electoral college again. Uh, you know, these same bad players keep popping up time and time again. Uh, Obama, uh, Clinton, uh, Miller. Uh, you follow this corruption over the years. And Miller's been in this stuff up to his neck. <coughs> and that's, this is the solution. Either we, the American people, have to do it, or our president pulls on his big boy britches. And drop the military on these people, and that's where we are. Yeah, and, and I don't see that. It's changing. like a January fifth or something like that. I believe it's somewhere in the first part of January, where he's making some really big cuts with the CIA and taking a lot of their power away from them, and at the same time giving a whole bunch more power to these special ops, you know, through the DOD, uh, the uh, intelligence. So uh, under Miller, I mean, so. You know, I see this play where he's, t- he's taking this power. He's like basically dissolving the CIA pretty much, isn't he? He's pretty much crippling them. I mean, he's cutting out their arms, their legs, and poking out their eyes. You know, so they're an agency, but they don't have anything, and they can't do these false flags using our soldiers. Which you know that was You're the right. next step, right? <coughs> oh yes. Oh yes. You know, and. Uh... Uh, the CIA is going to be gutted, which it should be. They've been dirty for probably since their inception. Uh, and I know that's a horrible thing to say, but uh, but when your own intelligence agencies are involved in the manipulation of an election, I mean, the whole thing needs to be disassembled and put back together. And I don't know what the answer is or how to do that. Uh, this is this is really an exciting part of history to be living in, uh, times to be living in right now and stuff like that. We have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring once again. You know, when we have to fight, will the president take care of it? Uh, you know, are, are we going to lose our country? You know, are we going to be living on bended knee for the rest of our life? Are we going to reclaim our freedom and liberty? I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen from day to day. And 
I think it's kind of an exciting time to be uh, alive in. It's not a doom and gloom time in my eyes. I don't know what you think, Hurricane. Uh, well, what is uh, – I'm excited. Of course, I'm prone to violence, so of course I'm excited, right? Um, <laughs> but what chatter are you hearing from Alicia? Is there any intel that you can give us? Uh, nothing like to be real specific on it this time, but uh, I can tell you that uh, there's groups of us that are meeting different ways. Uh, uh, I'm involved with uh, about 13 states right now, and everybody's in the same mindset, and uh, there's rally points being set up. Discussions underway at this point. We hope to have wrapped up by mid uh, end of next week, and uh, we will roll the force in the D.C. if uh, this does not get fixed. That's good. I kind of leaning towards maybe I don't know. One of our President Trump told us to go up there. If I could roll up there with a group and I didn't have to drive, I would probably do it. You know, well, but, uh, uh, one, of, Jim, one of our buddies was. One of our buddies the other day was saying, you need to train Hurricane. You don't want people to start thinking you're a hypocrite because you haven't been training. And I was like, well, you know, I'm still a beast, and I'm not a hypocrite. I'm injured. And I said, so therefore, you know, I can get away with it. <laughs> I guess I had an injury, and I've already I've already proven I'm a patriot. You know, I'm not a hypocrite, you know. But I can't really right. train. I can't really do what I was doing, a, you know, a year ago because I had injuries. I'm recovering, you know. And I have another surgery pending, so I'm kind of out. But I could still fight. I could still be a beast. And I wouldn't mind something, you know, President Trump called us to come to Washington. And, you know, there you go, man. I wish I could. I'll roll with you. We've been given a green light. And I believe that came directly from President Trump. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I don't think General Flynn would have came out there and said that. Of his own accord, and uh, I believe 100% with all my heart that General Flynn gave us our marching orders. He green lights this whole thing. Uh, exactly. I don't know if I'd want to go up there as militia or if I'd want to go up there as Wolfpack Radio. I don't know what the laws are traveling from here to there with our weapons, you know. And I don't want to get set up on a false flag and be a patsy because I'm a QAnon person. And then they set me up because I've got all my guns, you know. And that, well, you know, anytime you were going out of your well, home state to your, your well, that's the whole you're risking. Thing. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. That's why we're trying to put our heads and work this out together. It won't be this thing that people staggering in. <coughs> we're actually going to have to run military type convoys going up that way, running tight and stuff like that. To where if we do run into roadblocks. It, People getting, uh, uh, trying to prevent us from moving uh, uh, around the country as Americans because that's unconstitutional. Uh, we you definitely know, have to go travel to they, they, You know, they'll either be with us or against us. And uh, at that point in time, what needs to be done will be done. Yeah, we definitely have to travel gray man because we wouldn't want to be a target, a sitting target, you know. So I would definitely go in incognito. I wouldn't be waving on my flags all the way up there, even though I would want to. <laughs> I would want to. I just can't stand the thought of going to a battle without our weapons. And then back like we're terrorists because we ride around with ARs and like a, you know maybe five thousand rounds of ammo. But that's just normal for a redneck. That's what they don't understand. Yeah. That's just normal. 
that's normal for us. That doesn't mean, I mean, I haven't been violent ever in my life with the weapon, but yet it's nothing to see me driving around with, you know, two or three thousand rounds at AR and a Glock and <laughs> all this stuff. No, my no. Bad. That's yeah, normal. Not. I mean, that I, doesn't uh, mean nothing. The only time you're going to see me unarmed is stepping out of the shower. Uh, and uh, I don't give a shit about their uh, unconstitutional laws. Uh, if I am there, there's no such thing as a gun-free zone. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not giving up any more of my liberty. I'm done with them. You know, uh, if they want to try to haul me off or whatever, fine, bring it on. You know, let's do it. I just get to go to Valhalla a little quicker. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm really done. I'm seriously done with unconstitutional laws, corrupt government officials, uh, 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 law enforcement officers that arrest people for going to church. Or going to a funeral or maybe for a drink, but I'm standing there and watch cities burn. I'm done with it. They, uh, at this point, there is no middle ground left any longer, in my humble opinion, America. There is no middle ground left. You are with us or against us. And, you know, which side that is, you know, depends on who's doing the talking, because uh, that's where we are as a country. Uh, this is what they wanted. They've kept us separated uh, by every means they could think of, and now that's failing. Because I tell you what, uh, as we watched all this criminality uh, unfold, the corruption, the treason, and stuff like that, I've seen. I've never seen a patriot movement like it has been over the last four years. This thing has just exploded, and people are angry, and they've had enough, and I think they're ready And we to love Trump. We, we love him, and that's the difference is that we love him because we know that he loves us and that he loves America. He has something that they exactly. will never have, and that is our respect, our love, and we're not going to let them take something we love away from us. He is our beloved president. He's like our precious, my precious. My precious, <laughs> he's our precious, yeah. and he they ain't taking him away from us, you know. That's just how it is. I mean, I know that sounds kind of cultish, but we love him, you know. That's just the reality. We love Donald Trump. I'll say it. I ain't ashamed, you know. So no, I love we him. Do. He he's, a good, uh, he's been one of the best presidents in American history. I was wrong about him. Uh, and if he wants to be the greatest ever, in American history, he needs to turn our military loose to do what they do. But look, this is the deal, Russell. If he doesn't, they have made themselves very clear that they are coming after us. He will be prosecuted. Look what happened to Duke Cunningham, the representative who was a fighter pilot, a war hero, a Korean war hero, and went into the uh, – I can't remember if he was senator or, or in the House of Representatives, but he went up against China and Costco and Bill Clinton about them giving that port to China, turning our naval port, our deep water naval port in, in Long Beach over to China, and he fought them over this. They put up fake charges on him, and they imprisoned him. And he didn't get a pardon. He had to do his time and, you know, ruined his life, you know. And then look what they did to yeah. General Flynn, you know. And look what they've done to, to all these other people that, as political prisoners. They will come after President Trump. They will come after Melania. They will come after his children. There will be no, no oh, yeah. safe place 
for his family or for Barron's future if he does not do something now? Well, well, Hurricane, yes, exactly. Let us not forget that they're coming after us, too. I mean, you've already heard them out there with their accountability list. And, uh, and they're serious about that shit. Yeah, I know. I went on to their. They had a website and and, and went in there to, to report people. And there was actually a website. They taken it down. I'm sure they have another one by now. But you know, they had that movie. They've been setting up these purges, preparing these people for how to do this. They were doing the movie about the Donald right when the epidemic hit. They were, so it didn't get put out. I don't think. But it was about them hunting down Trump supporters and killing them, like purging them. You know. So they've been setting this up. You know, with their propaganda and their telegraphing, like we were talking last night on the show with Judith Rose. You know. They tell us what they plan on doing, and that was what it was, hunting down Trump supporters. So, yeah, they're coming after us, and we really thought that – and the sad thing about it is I was so afraid under uh, Obama that I think I think the people who were afraid were the most badass because we trained. you know. And actually, uh, remind me to get with you, Russell. I got three of our outdoor kicking team wanting to get together on January 16th if you're free. So just so you know, to clear houses. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so, cool. uh, uh, yeah, 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 let me know on <laughs> so, that. Hey, that's three out of five. That's not bad of our own team, you know? Yeah. That's pretty good. That's a lot of hours, you know? Anyway, so um, now I got totally off topic. <laughs> but I was training all the time under Obama because I was afraid, but then under Trump, I quit training because I, I thought nothing could stop what's coming, you know? I mean, they were totally in control. And I think from what I saw on militia, I got real frustrated with militia and I quit going because people weren't even showing up. Well, then they started finally started training again like they were supposed to, and by that time I had been injured. And so I've been out for the last year pretty much from militia, and uh, boy, I can't fit in my damn clothes. I'm so fat, but I, uh, I you know, I kind of kind of dropped my guard a little bit, but I'm not the only one. You know, I had this, like, yeah. fake sense of safety, but when I, I understood, when I went to see Beverly, she's the one that red-pilled me on China. And Beverly was just freaking the hell out. I mean, every time I would talk to her on the phone, she'd be like, oh, my God, mate, you're never going to believe this. These damn Chinese, you know, <laughs> I should be going off. Mm-hmm. Well, then when I went to Australia, she was showing me, and I was just horrified that they had bought up all these ports. And, you know, that's what started my whole YouTube channel and all these videos that all have to do with China and their corruption and how they want to take over the United States of America. I've been trying to warn people, and now the media is just talking about China like they just figured it out. I exposed them in, in a, you know, 16 months ago. If a citizen journalist right. can figure that out, why can't they, you know? No, it's all been kept it's under wraps forever. I mean, you know, it's, corruption became the norm in D.C., all right? Uh, I mean, you can argue all day long about when it started or whatever, what what root cause of it, but the fact is that it's there. These people have made millions upon millions stealing from us, from selling us to foreign entities, uh, taking our jobs, everything else. Uh, the same thing with uh, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, you know, the way it's set up is we, the American people, while those companies are here in America, uh, we pay the price for all the research and development and all that kind of stuff because... Uh, 
I tell you what, a pill that they will charge you twenty twenty five dollars a pop for here, you can probably get them in India for a dollar. Okay, they've been using these corporations have been using us as their piggy bank forever. All right, they own our government and uh, uh, these big corporations, especially some of these media. social media outfits. I think they're some of the most dangerous uh, enemies the American people have. Uh, Zuckerberg, what's the guy over Twitter? Uh, oh, I can't even think of his name right now, but uh, Dorsey. Uh, Google. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Google and stuff. I mean, look, they broke up. The government broke up phone companies. You know, it was too big, monopolized, and all that. That should have happened years ago with Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and excuse me, some of these other outfits and, uh, and stuff because they actually have taken over. Uh, well, no, let me rephrase that. These are the people that run the matrix that the world is caught up in. And if you think about that, I don't think I'm too far off. Yeah, you're right. So, Bev, tell me um, while you're on the phone and shit, who talk that much, which is rare for Bev. But you there, Bev? I want to know what's going on there in Australia. Yeah, what's going on? What's... I'm not trying to change the subject, but we're running out of time, and I, I want to run down on what's happening in Australia. Oh, they're closing this town again. Basically, that's it at the moment. Is uh. You said that they're closing down uh, New South Wales? Yeah. In Sydney, they've closed off half of Sydney. Um, Victoria will probably get closed off again. Queensland. Yeah. No, it's bloody shocking. What what do you mean by closed down, Bev? Do you mean just like a complete lockdown? Uh, nobody no, around no, that no. Borders. Borders are closing, mate. Oh, the borders. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. My sister can't fly. She was going to go to Perth. And she can't go over there now because the borders all closed up. Wow. Bloody ridiculous. Because they, we've been getting a lot of these. Um, no disrespect to you blokes in America, but the flight crews, you know, they don't um, quarantine. So they're bringing in the, the, the COVID and then getting straight back on a plane and heading back to America and, yeah. And they reckon you that, got all those ped- that, that's... You got all those pedophiles there now too. Oh, yeah, half of Hollywood's here at... Now, making movies up on the the Gold Coast and Byron Bay, you got the Hemsworths and Zac Efron's there now, and uh, Matt Damon. Um, yeah, heap of them. So they're all scattering yeah. out of America, probably heading Why down to running? the Antarctic. They're probably panic, <laughs> panic. <laughs> yeah. They're scared. 
they know they're going down. That's why I think there's been a lot more arrests than we know about, you know. I think there's been a lot more arrests. I think there's been a lot – well, we know that these pedophiles have been getting arrested because right after uh, Trump got elected, they started listing the arrest on the QMAP, and they would have how many people were arrested, how many people were rescued, and give you a link like to the police report or to the newspaper article or whatever to verify it. And every day there were tons and tons. I mean it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people being rescued, and nobody was talking about it. So we've been knowing that this was going on with these people getting rescued, you know. But I guess everyone they rescued, uh, arrested, they would squill on the upper level, which is, you know, probably would help help and take down the deep state because I'm pretty sure what he's going to get them on is uh, crimes against humanity. Everybody's talking about treason. I don't think it's just going to be treason. I believe there's going to be some crimes against humanity in this, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't see how it could be. Let me ask you this. Uh, how much have y'all seen on the uh, mainstream media about uh, riots going in in Paris and uh, Hamburg and Germany? you got massive, massive uh, protest riots going on against these shutdowns that these countries are trying to reinforce and stuff. I'm telling you, the whole wide world is pissed at them when they've had enough. And uh, if what you know, this may go this may go further than uh uh American history. This may evolve into something worldwide, a uh uh world history type of it, you know, because the Well, I mean this audience went all over the world. Exposed. It's affected everyone, you know. They've all been robbed like we have of their rights to vote. This is worldwide. I mean this is Venezuela, this is all these different countries that use the same voting system. And got taken over by the deep state as Luciferians. So, yeah, the world is going to be pissed. These people, like Hugh said a long time ago, they're not going to be able to walk down the streets, and they're not going to be able to when this is done. But I didn't even know they were writing overseas, Russell, because to be honest with you, I've had corona, and I haven't turned on my TV. So um, but, uh, I'm pretty that's much… What, that's what I was saying, man. You're not seeing any mainstream uh, media coverage of it. I, Bev usually knows more about what's going on in our country than I do. Bev, did you know about it? <laughs> I bet she did. No, I haven't seen much about riding in America. Uh, it's not at all. In Europe. Yeah. I've seen a little bit about Europe, but then I, I'm like you. I haven't been watching a lot of TV. Yeah, me neither. I, today I watched envelope gate videos all day long uh, about these envelopes that were given at the George Bush funeral, and it's just a fascinating, uh, but just a fascinating thing to watch and to try to figure out. And I think I'm gonna do a little video over it because it's kind of cool. <laughs> and some people were like, "I don't even know yeah. what envelope gate is," you know. And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's awesome! I gotta show you," you know. I would, so I was surprised I how many people didn't know, know about it. I would love to know what was in those envelopes. I truly would. I, I pretty much think I know uh, because I was looking at how fast they looked at him and looked up, and it looked like Hillary Clinton might have actually read something and then maybe saw a picture, but Jeb Bush definitely saw a picture. He did not have time to read anything. It was one second glance, and he knew exactly what it was. I think it was his dad at Gitmo going down, like, you know, letting them know, like, hey, he's not in this coffin, you know? He's uh, at Gitmo, so... And then somebody had asked Q what was in the envelopes, and he said, our offer to counter, <laughs> or our promise to counter. So, 
Yeah, I think it, they were countering, and I think it was a picture of uh, Poppy Bush at Gitmo maybe being executed or something, you know, or right before execution, or maybe after execution. It was enough that he just glanced down and could see it. It had to be a picture, but Hillary Clinton obviously was reading hers, you know. But I'll tell you what, they were some shady people, and whatever Laura Bush and uh, Jeb Bush saw, they were horrified, actually horrified. So this war has been going on for a long time. And this is why they hate President Trump. This is why they are so desperate. And I think that this has been part of the deal where he's just been hitting them and hitting them and hitting them. The media is not talking about it, so it's like it doesn't exist. But they know it exists, and I think he's been just taking hit after hit, arrest after arrest, blowing up this, blowing up that, arrest after arrest, and making them just freak the hell out. And they're panicking, running around like rats. They're terrified. They're making stupid mistakes, and he's pushing them to make even bigger uh, moves and which are more sloppy moves, you know. I really believe right. he's been controlling this narrative the whole time, pushing them into the behavior that he wanted them to have. Yeah, uh, that could that could very well be. Uh, like I said, we'll see. Uh, either way, whatever happens, one way or the other, is going to happen here very soon in America. So uh, everybody, stay on your Toes, uh, do not live in fear. Uh, fear. Fear is not even real. Fear is nothing but an accumulation of thoughts that you process to come up with a certain answer or opinion or something, okay? So fear isn't real. You manufacture fear in your mind and it, it, in your head, Okay. There's nothing to fear out there. Now, danger is very rare, uh, very real, but fear is not. So remember that. Don't walk in fear. There's nothing to be afraid of out there. Nothing. I think out now there is danger. You need to keep your head on the swivel, your eyes open, pay attention to what's going on, uh, and that sort of thing. But fear, fear, fear is a lie. So uh, don't live it. Right, and uh, plus we have to have the positive uh, vibes from prayer, and that helps a lot because this really is a war against darkness and God and God and evil. That's what it is. It's oh yeah, it's it's, it's the it's the it's the it's the ultimate battle. This is the final battle. Maybe not biblically speaking as a uh, final battle, but this is the final battle against light and darkness. Here in our country, and it's going to go one way or the other. It's not going to be a negotiated peace. Uh, one side will win, and the other side will lose. And we just pray that uh, God is with us, and uh, we'll get this done. You pray, and I said it a thousand times. I love you guys so much, man. You pray, the warriors. Y'all keep praying out there. Uh, I spend my little prayer time and my drive into work in the mornings, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's something we all need to do, and I'll keep up the great job y'all been doing. Uh, you citizen reporters, y'all keep rolling along, do what y'all do, dig, dig, dig. The more dirt we get out there, the more truth that we can tell out there, the more awake people will become. And then the rest of us, we know what we've got to do, so square your home stuff away, uh, check your gear, stage it, and uh, stand by. 
Yeah, and uh, I, I probably won't take the vaccination, you know, but right now I'm just kind of skipping because I have corona, and everyone in my family is, like, dying. So, you know, it kind of sounds like a good thing right now, but I just trust our president, and I just don't believe – I can see him going in and doing an operation. Well, you know, like what I was reading to you about was, you know, that uh, uh, when I was telling you that uh, he had said that – Miller had said that about these complex military operations, I think that, you know, that just happened, and that – I think that's huge, you know. I mean, I think that's really, really huge that he straight up said we've just gone through some of the most complex military operations this country has ever conducted. That's freaking huge, you know. And so something's been going down. Something has definitely been going down because he says we've just gone through. So I think that, you know, they've done a lot that we don't know about, obviously, you know. So I'm excited about that. Go ahead. Oh, I'm going to say uh, I agree with you on that. I think there's stuff happening that we're not seeing. Uh, and uh, I think the uh, I think our domestic enemies and foreign enemies are both uh, shaking in their boots right now. Uh, and you got to remember, once this goes down, for these people that have been involved with this, there's no way out for them. There's no way around right. what's coming. And desperate right. people I, do desperate things. Exactly. I'm going to grab this caller real quick. I hadn't been able to answer all of them, but we still have six minutes, so let me grab this caller real quick. Hello, caller. Hello. How are you today? Uh, we're doing great. How are you? Thank you for calling to Wolfpack Radio. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I noticed you guys were talking about the vaccine, but is it okay yes. if I switch topics? I know you got like five minutes left, right? No, it's fine. Yeah, we've got five minutes. Go ahead. Okay, because I didn't, I don't know if you guys talked about this or not, but um, I'm just gonna jump into it. What do you? How do you? How do you feel about the upcoming elections in Georgia? Are you nervous? Um, are you enthusiastic? I mean, what do you make of it? Well, I don't want to use up all your time, but um, you know they're voting on the same system that's corrupt. So that you know the that's kind of idiotic. I can't see that we can vote on the same system that's corrupt, the same machines that are corrupt. It's just ridiculous. But but the you know you know that Loeffler you know that Loeffler Purdue are leading. It's not like they're it's not like they're it's not like they're down. They're actually leading in these polls. Uh, I hope that everybody gets out and votes for them and that we take the Senate, but I'm not real impressed with either one of those. They, they're acting like rhinos to me, and I just think they're ungrateful. They should have been supporting our president, and I don't feel like they've even shown me that they're worthy to be in there. But as I it tweeted Kelly uh, yesterday, and I'd let her know that she's merely a placeholder, that if she doesn't get her shit together, her act together, and start supporting our president, this will be her last term. She will merely be a placeholder until we can replace her with the Patriot Party representative. That if they do not support our president now, that's it. I mean, we'll vote them in now. I can't vote, but if I was there, I would, you know. But support the vote for them in. But otherwise, if they don't get their little team a little bit more supportive on our president, you know, I'm just kind of disappointed in them, to be honest with you. But I still think everyone should vote, okay? Don't get me wrong, even though it's a corrupt system. But what do you think? I mean, you know? Well, I just think that it's kind of because I, I mean I hear a lot of I hear some conservative 
not not a lot, but I, I am hearing some who are actually agreeing with uh, Linwood that we we probably should boycott the Georgia election. But I'm just here to say how I believe. Okay, I believe that how I believe that is unbelievably idiotic to do, and I'm saying that in terms of with Laughlin and Purdue as right wingers or people on the right, you can actually fight them on the issue with two Democrats in there who are diametrically opposed to every ideology that you have, you cannot do that. The only person, people that can do that is people on their side. So I think that it's kind of, you're right about them not supporting the president enough and on voting on the diminutive system, but I, the good news is they're leading so far, but I do think that, I do think that I do think that we're shooting ourselves in our foot because let's say perhaps Trump gets in on January twentieth. Why would you give him a Democratic Senate with a democratically controlled House where they if they want to impeach him they can actually take him out? It's just it's just too many questions and that makes no sense to me. And on top of that, I see us behaving with that type of attitude. I see a lot of us behaving like the Democrats of twenty sixteen. Because yes. I just think yeah. that you can't be irrational. You, yeah, I mean, I don't like Purdue and Lafner. This, that, to me, they're absolute scumbags. It's not, it's not even about right. not supporting Trump enough. It's just what they've done in the past, how they stole stocks during this whole pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. But I'd rather have them there in terms of having two Democrats there where the Democrats can, they can fill the courts, they can raise taxes to a literally all-time high, on top of that, there's a lot of socialist programs that Mitch McConnell's not is, is not put on the floor vote that they can actually start doing. That's why it's a super dangerous thing to say, oh, don't support either of them. It's no, you need them as you just said, you need them as a placeholder. You know, exactly. What's you your can name, run, we can we can primary them in the um in the in the in the, in the midterms. But we need them as right. a placeholder. You don't want two Democrats there whatsoever. It's, it's no. just way too You're exactly risky right to say about that, we that. You're exactly right. We have to have this, and it's not for them. It's for Donald Trump. We need the Senate for Donald Trump so he can do a, even a better job for us. But what's your name? Uh, I didn't catch it. Malcolm. Malcolm, uh, we're going to be back on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Central Time. And uh, if you'd like to call in and talk about Georgia, we would love to hear more from you uh, about everything that's going on there and some inside scoops. I would love to talk about that. Uh, I would. I want to know what's going on. It sounds like you're the, the guy to talk to uh, here, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm glad for now that they're leading, but they're only leading by, like, two points each in the national polls. Of course, you know, January 20th, that could be a whole other story. I just think that it, it just gets my blood boiling that – some conservatives can be this short-sighted, this stupid, and this um, emotional about seeing the eye on the prize. That's just it. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Well, it looks like we're out of time. We're down to 23 seconds, so we're going to be closing out. We'll see you tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Central. Have a good one. They call us deplorable.